Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Matt Chat. This is David Miracatani. Today I am joined by the assistant coach at the University of Wyoming, Ethan Kyle. Ethan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me, brother. No worries, man. You guys are getting ready for uh for Reno this weekend, right? <clears throat> yeah, we're um we're actually getting ready to take off here after a little bit. We're gonna work out and then hit the road, try and get ahead of these storms. Well, I won't take too much of your time, but I know there's some people out here that want to hear about Wyoming and your involvement in the program, so let's dive right into it. Um, for the, yeah. pe- the people that don't know, uh, I've known you, I think I was thinking about this the other night, probably since you were 10 or 11 years old. Um, right. I actually coached your old, older brother, Alex, at Merrimack with my dad, and um, actually wrestled some guys from your high school along the way when I was in high school trying to trying to do my thing, so... How's uh yeah. how's Alex and your mom and dad? How's the family? How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing well. Um everybody's still pretty much set up around the St. Charles area. Um my my sister's um teaching at our alma mater, Francis Howe. Um has a little girl and my brother is um working mostly out of St. Louis area, but he travels some. Um doing really well. His his oldest boy, uh Josh is now a Francis Howell Viking wrestler. So um St. Louis beware, the Kyle boys are back in the game and I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, whether it's good or not. My and my folks are doing great, you know, hanging out, doing their thing and um yeah, all is well. Thanks. That's good, man. Shout out to uh Kevin Stroh and the guys at Howell. I know they got a really good team this year, so shout out to those guys. Um For sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, you and I spoke about a week or two ago about uh, the rankings, and you know you had some guys that wrestled really well out at uh, Cliff Keen, and some you know you had a guy like uh, Meredith who started the year ranked really high, and some other guys like Mendenhall and Colgan that came into the rankings, and then a, a kid like Templeman that's hanging around that 20 range, and uh, we had I guess what I would call it a, a a very productive, spirited, <laughs> spirited conversation yeah. about the rankings. So, good. Um, nice, nice use of the euphemism. <laughs> no, it was good. Everything was good. So it was good. So you yeah. know, from for those of us that aren't coaching the Division One level, tell me your guys' perspective on rankings and uh, how it yeah. impacts your program, your kids, recruiting, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, well, it, it's definitely. I would say. From the coach's aspect, it's definitely twofold um, as far as importance. Number one, um, to, just to, to maybe the lesser of the two, is there is recruiting. It's good to to share with recruits and, and program building as our fan base to see that our guys um, are getting some credit and that they're, you know, just, just how good they're, they're doing. Um, so that's one aspect. But the more important aspect that we – we as a staff, you know, really feel that we need to do our diligence um, towards is this, since the NCAA um, adopted the, the merit-based qualification for the NCAA tournament, um, that coaches ranking along with uh, RPI and uh, win percentage, um, it goes into that formula to decide the, autom- the those 28 or 29 um, automatic qualifiers. So, um, when we're we're way out here west, um, where where electricity is just still fresh and brand new, um, we got to make sure that people understand that our guys are are doing things that are worthy of getting them themselves recognized in those rankings. Um, you know, for not only for our own guys, but 
um, our conference as well. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of the root of when, when these, when rankings come out and, um, and we see where we are, we instantly, as, as any competitor would do, you instantly look at who's ahead of you and create your case for why that's wrong (laughs) or why we, why we should be ahead of them. And, um, you know, you and I, the, the fact that we have such a great relationship, um, ahead of time, you know, it, it, it allowed me to go right to the source and go, you know, Dave, hey, I, I don't know if maybe you've got a lot on your plate or, or just what, but, you know, that's where we come from. We come from a, um, uh, a perspective that we just need to make sure that all the information is there. Um, people are doing as best as they can with all the information that, that could possibly be consumed. And, and that's really what our goal is in the end, you know. For sure. And, you know, Andy Hamilton and I were talking about this, that as the season goes on, you know, when you start out the season, a guy like, like Meredith's going to start out ranked number two. That's exactly where he belongs. You know, he, he crushed the bracket last year. You know, his bracket didn't fall apart. He just simply beat all the guys that were seated and ranked ahead of him. I know that match with Gross, you know, at, at Big 12s last year cost him a top 10 seed. Um, but he didn't care. He just wrestled like a stud, got himself to the finals, and was in a position to win that match. And then, conversely, the guys that didn't medal, that maybe didn't qualify or went to and out, they got to work their way into the rankings. And one of the things that Andy and I talked about, and I've actually been working on this this week, is this is this week and next week are really the time for me and my role to catch my breath and really right. go back and look at overall bodies of work. And go, okay, you know what, maybe Cole Mendenhall's, maybe he should be a little higher, maybe he should be a little lower. You know, and, sure. You know, but when you're flooded with data all the time and there's so many results, oh, man. it's difficult. Absolutely. So, but we're not, and you, yeah. you've known me a long time, so you know, perfect was never an option for me. But, you know, we're doing our sure. best, and uh, but I appreciate it. And the thing I was uh, impressed about was, you know, you fight for your guys. And, you know, I know as an assistant coach that, you know, every year at our first tournament, I would make sure I got warned by a referee just so those guys knew I would fight for them, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like using a car. For sure. To do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Easily. I mean, I appreciate it. I, I, think, um, I think that, you know, you look at, at the big body of work um, to see how the, the consistency matches up. And um, knowing the mind that you have uh, and the experience you have in wrestling, I'm sure that, that track wrestling's rankings are really going to be, um, they're going to stand out in the crowd. So, you know, especially if, if I'm sharing my opinion with you so often, I mean, how can you go wrong? It's going to be on point every week for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, exactly. I, I told mom that you and I spoke and she said, I better be nice to you. So, um, that's what I'm talking about. Jan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. If I if I tell Jane on you, you're in big trouble, buddy. Yeah. Big lumps said, of coal in your she, stocking. She said, "Did you make sure those Wyoming boys are ranked where they should be?" I said, "No, not yet." <laughs> That's too. funny. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, you know, one of the things that I mean, I've known you a really long time. I've known Mark Branch a long time, and when you, you know, when he went out there, and you, you know, you went out and went with him or followed him a year or two later, the, the, the uh-huh. challenge I saw was. How are you going to build that program to where you guys want it to be when there's so, you know, the population there isn't obviously as big as other places and the consistent yeah. level of high school wrestling isn't in that Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, California type of thing. So 
Tell me, yeah. tell me what you guys are doing out there to get the right kids, and you know how do you recruit in-state versus out-of-state? What's what's the strategy for you guys? Yeah, you know, um, we've done well um, in-state, believe it or not. I mean, um, you know, it, it, Wyoming is a special place. Um, it's it's a it's an an odd place for an outsider. I had never been to Wyoming before. I helped um, Branch move out here, but. Um, you know, there, there's maybe somebody's gonna um, fix me on this online, I'm sure, but I'm I'm gonna say there's maybe 45 high schools in the state. Wow. Okay. And there's wow. there's maybe there's about 550,000 people total. Um, so just kind of let that sink in, and then you understand what kind of um, what kind of a population pool you're you're dealing with to get Division One level athletes. Um, so. Um, that being said, we, we have had um, Andy McCulley's and Austin Breckenridge's and, and obviously All-American Forest Tyler Cox. These are homegrown kids, um, and it goes without say Bryce is from down the road in Cheyenne. Right. Um, you know, so that, that's, a, that's a fantastic testament to um, the type of person that Wyoming produces and this, this area produces as opposed to just doing it by the numbers. You know, you go to a population center like Chicago and – Every weekend, you can go to a half dozen tournaments that have 500 kids in them. That's right. Well, there's not yeah. 500 youth wrestlers in the state, so um, you know, so that that that's a challenge. But um, that's the way it is, and we're okay with it. I think that what what makes us or what allows us to build a program that that coach has done um, here. I mean, from day one, he came in with expectation that it wasn't just to um, show up and and um and represent well. I mean we're coming to put Wyoming wrestling on the map. Um and and from that has grown into creating a culture um where excellence is not just a cherry on the top every so often, but it's our daily expectation um from from all thirty two guys on our roster that three point GPAs, um all-American finishes, consistently being ranked in the top 20, um, given given of your time personally in the community. Um, you know, th- these things aren't goals. We set goals to, to further those causes, but they're flat-out expectations. And, you know, Coach Branch from the very top has provided that consistently. And, you know, it, it, it takes time um, to get guys in and, and – basically to change that, you know, to when you see a guy in a in an all-black singlet or an all-orange all singlet, no matter where you're from, you know what you expect to see. For sure, um, yeah. And that's what that's what we are going towards. Uh, we're, we're living every day. Our motto is living cowboy tough, you know, um, and we're living every day training um, and trying to live up to those type of expectations, and that's that's where we're we're headed. We're not quite there yet, but um, consistency and, and and practice, we're going to get there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's a doubt of that. So when you guys are recruiting, and you know, I know as an assistant coach myself that a lot of the recruiting, at least the initial part of it, falls on those assistant coaches. What what traits are you looking for that you feel like are going to fit into Cowboy Tough and fit into into what Wyoming's looking for? Yeah, I mean, we joke about it. If you, you know, you follow us on Twitter and stuff, we're, we're usually joking about one of the guys or even one of us will post a picture or a video of, you know, the, the dashboard, um, temperature gauge that says below zero or, 
Yeah. You know, it's 50, mi- 50 miles an hour blowing wind. People call that a wind advisory in most places, but we just call that a Tuesday in Wyoming. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, but so you look for that. You look for that initial kind of, um, you know, our guys impervious to, you know, being the fact that we are out in the wild. You know, we're nestled in the mountains here. I mean, quite literally, we're at 7,000 feet. Um, it's just a tough place to live. Um it has its rewards, but, it, you know, it's just tough. So if guys come out and, and happen to come on a spring recruiting trip in April, and, I mean, we, we might get stuck in Denver until the road's open for a snowstorm. Um, and if that's, if that's going to rub them the wrong way, then, you know, it's just not going to work out. Um, so just that, that initial level of toughness. And beyond that, you know, I mean, I think every year I've learned um, uh, an incredible amount about recruiting, um, and not just – based on, you know, how we launch our marketing program at, at these these um, short list of blue-chip kids, and, and do we get them or not. That's some feedback. But the real feedback is watching these guys develop over their five-year career with us um, and seeing which way are they trending um, over that, that period of time. And then going back and reevaluating kind of retrospectively um, what were the signs that, that the, the prospect gave us during the process and what did those signs kind of manifest or grow into? So, you know, I, we learn a ton about that. And I would say that the biggest thing, um, the biggest thing has got to be their motivation. Are they, are they on their way up when they leave high school and leave home or are they topped out? You know, have they, have they won their, their state titles and their national titles and, now they're just looking to kind of, you know, head out into the pasture and, and just kind of take it easy, get a college degree, which is great. But, um, you know, to go where we want to go in our program, we got to find those guys um, that are just burning with that motivation and, and the desire to be a champion because it's, it's so, so dang hard, this game, this college wrestling deal. It's a grind. Um, that, man. You and me talk about that oh all my the gosh. time. But- the best guy that yeah. always win, it's the guys that survive at the end and come into those last couple right. tournaments with the right attitude. So, yeah. Absolutely. Makes, so. makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Well, I've known Mark a long time, and one of the things I know we've talked about is, you know, that guy's a straight shooter. And, you know, where you stand with him, good or bad, there's no shock. So tell me a little yeah. bit about how you guys are such good friends and, you know, tell me what you respect about him and why you work so well together. And uh, Guerrero told me a pretty funny story about your recruiting visit, so you need to share that with us as well. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I guess we kind of frame it like it's it's maybe amazing that, that he and I are such good buddies right now um, and have had such kind of a um, a consistent professional life. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I've been on – on teams, whether wrestling for or or coaching with um, Branch for almost as almost longer than than not in my life, you know. So I'm getting to that tipping point where, um, you know, I've been with him for, uh, gosh, I think I went on my recruiting visit 15 years ago. So that'll that'll date me a little bit. But Ethan, you're um, not allowed to complain about being old to me. You have to understand that, okay? Okay. So. All right. Yeah, I'll pipe down about that and move on. But yeah, I would say that you know, I mean, it it, it is a little bit funny given um, we really kind of got off to a rocky start. Branch and I, uh, I flew into Tulsa on my recruiting visit to OSU, and 
he made me sit around the airport for like an hour and a half while uh, while he figured out that I didn't fly into Oklahoma City <laughs> like he thought and took off from Stillwater to pick me up in Oklahoma City, but realized I was in Tulsa. So he made quite a round trip in, in a day just to pick me up on a visit. Um, but, the, you know, obviously the recruiting visit worked out. I had a great, great experience there. Um, up until, you know, maybe the second one, I, I've got to get to dig in. Um, he's, he refereed one of our ranking matches in the room. And uh dude actually called me for stalling with, like, you know, no time on the clock in the third period. Um, I, I haven't checked the record books to see if it put us in overtime. I think it did. Um, but, you know, even though I had the chance to score the takedown, it's still his fault. He called me for stalling, <laughs> gave the other kid, gave Stites the momentum, and he scored the takedown in overtime. So, you know, I mean, I guess. fault for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, thank, yeah, couldn't thank be, you. Couldn't be your fault. You couldn't have been finally. I, There's exactly. No I, backing up. Yeah. I finally find, <laughs> find somebody that'll take my side. There you go. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah, that's that's 15 years ago, um, and to this day, you know, I mean, uh, professionally, you know, I've been really blessed to be around some incredible um, role models um, from the time I, I was on the team at, at Oklahoma State with all incredible coaches. Um, to work professionally with him kind of side by side now. Um, I mean, he's just an, an, an unbelievably consistent guy. You know, if you look up the code of the West, um, that's, that's pretty much, you know, that describes him to a T. He's, he's tough, but he's fair. Um, he's, he's going to do everything he can for you. Um, and you're always going to know where you stand with him. He's not going to pull punches and, and, uh, and sugarcoat anything for you, unfortunately, yeah. sometimes. But, um, you know, it, that's good to know where you are with a guy and, and have a guy that um, you trust. You know, I mean, loyalty is, is an unbelievable trait that that the guy is full of. So, and, at, you know, on a personal level, I couldn't ask for a better friend. Um, he brought some he brought some height to my wedding party a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We have a bunch of dumpy little wrestler dudes, and then um, and Branch standing out. So, you know, I guess I guess that's that's definitely a redeeming quality in our relationship. Well, you know, th- there's a question I've never asked you about him, but I, I've talked to some other people about it. You know, when he won the nationals as a freshman, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but wasn't he like eight and nine going into the tournament or something below 500? Yeah, it, it was. I'm pretty sure it was below 500. Um, eight and nine sounds about right. Nine, nine and eleven, maybe. I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but it was. It was. It was below 500. The dude was have you ever, uh, have, fighting and clawing. Have you ever asked him what the mentality was to think that he could go five and zero oh over you know yeah. three days against the best guys in the country? Yeah. I mean, I've heard it. You know, he and I have talked about it plenty of times. Whether it's you know, he shares these stories with our with our student athletes um, to, you know, to change the type of expectation that maybe some people have for Wyoming to the type of expectation we need to become champions. Um, that's the perfect story for, to share. And um, I mean, it boiled down to, I mean, it, he says it plainly that, you know, when you're wrestling with Pat Smith and JJ McGrew and um, I mean, Mark, well, I guess Mark Smith wasn't there yet, but Hardell Moore, I mean, yeah. you name it, the, the friggin' murderer's row that, that he had every day in practice, he looked at it as a day off to put the singlet on and step <laughs> out on the mat against 
some other college guy who's, you know, maybe maybe is is a junior senior, but is not Pat Smith, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> is is not these guys that he has to has to tangle with every day. So, um, and that's really, you know, that goes back to what we're talking about. It's not it's not a goal. He didn't have a goal to be a, a, a national champion. He had the expectation because he's wrestling with the best guys in the world every day. Um, so, you know, what, why would he expect anything less? Well, and, um, you know, he, he put it in a, would probably put a lot of people's mindset in a different spot. So that's that mental toughness sure. is impressive, man. It's, you know, yeah. That's, yep. That's next level stuff. And it's awesome that, you know, for your guys that go there, if they don't have the perfect season, if they're not the number one seed that they can look over in the corner and the guy goes, look, we're good. We just got to handle our business, you know, we're right. Be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, one of the guys you guys recruited two years ago is uh, Doyle Trout, and I got to meet Doyle. Um, he wrestled in uh, the charity event we run uh, for Randy Couture's uh, foundation called the Missouri Border Brawl. He's a yeah. he's a great kid. I'm sure, obviously, you know that was you know you know good wrestler, even better kid. His dad's a character, man. That dude, that dude was, was <laughs> on me from Jump Street, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> shortly after Doyle wrestled, his life went in a in a really different direction. I don't know how many people know that story, but uh, I want you to tell it, and I want you to tell us how he's doing now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Doyle Trout, um, four-time Nebraska State champion, multiple, I mean, every summer in All-American in Fargo and at every high school national tournament you'd want to go to. Um you know, I mean, just completely tickled pink when we we had the chance to recruit him and and got him in the fall of his of his senior year. Um, he comes back from high school nationals on Easter weekend as a, a senior in high school and um, just driving over to um, spend Easter with a girlfriend or one of his buddies' families in the afternoon um, on one of the small town dirt roads and loses control of his vehicle and is in. A terrible car, a single car crash. Um, long story short, loses a leg um, about midway up his his femur, and um, and actually breaks the other leg um, through the femur. Ends up getting plates and screws the whole nine yards um, on Easter Day as a as a senior in high school. A couple months before he's you know planning to, to come to Wyoming and start his college wrestling career with, you know, every expectation to be a, a multiple-time All-American and national champion. And, For sure. Um, yeah. He's, he's dealt that incredible amount of adversity. Um, you know, kind of fast-forward, share, spare some of the detail. <clears throat> um, he he makes it to um, – he makes it to Laramie opening weekend of school. Um, he's, he's recovering from, you know, a traumatic injury and um, – was was really limited in what he could do that freshman year um, physically. I mean, just as far as um, being able to do any type of rehab, he wasn't cleared until I want to say sometime around December that of his redshirt year and um, or his freshman year here on campus. And was really limited, couldn't really do much, um, and it was tough, you know, physically, obviously, emotionally, it was really something else. Um, to deal with that type of adversity, and he was consistent. He he did his work, you know. He he jumps into school at, in college, and I mean, he's an incredibly intelligent kid. He has, um, you know, those natural growing pains his first semester, and then, you know, really starts to kick butt 
um, last spring semester was the second semester. And, and then it came around time that, you know, his, his leg is healing up and, um, he's getting used to, um, his amputation and, and, you know, um, we get early midsummer last year and it's time to start rolling around and, and see what he can do. And I mean, it was, it was really, um, I mean, I can't even, I, I don't have the eloquence to, to explain his, his mindset and, um, his mental, his willpower throughout this whole deal when he got going, figuring out how he was going to start wrestling and, and, and moving around again, you know, um, on his own, he cut, cut ahead to the start of this season last, um, last August when school started and we start preseason conditioning. Um, he's, he's a cowboy wrestler, just bottom line, pure and simple. We go out for long runs at the beginning of the year. Doyle's, uh, he's crutching along with us. Um, yeah, I heard about and that. I hate, it's amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, an unbelievable amount of fortitude, really, if, if you ever want to know what it takes and, um, you know, reach out to him and, and ask him what he did. But, I mean, as far as the guys, um, what he brings to the team – I can't, I couldn't possibly explain what he brings to our team right now. I think, um, I think you're going to see some incredible things from him in the long run and from the people that, that benefit from knowing him and, and, um, and, and experiencing the, the unbelievable gifts that a guy like him, he's a, he's a faith filled kid. Um, he's an unbelievable student, um, a fantastic teammate and, I mean, he's just tougher than an old boot. <laughs> you know, he's he's just he's making things happen that, I mean, I get I just get goosebumps all the time. You know, the the first couple open tournaments he competed in, it was really kind of overwhelming to me personally to to experience it. So, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't tell you how thankful I am personally and and um, the power that he's gonna bring to cowboy wrestling program is uh, we're 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 far more um we have far more gratitude for him than he could ever um you know be a, give back yeah. if, if i'm saying that wrong no, I think so he, he's he's a guy that you know he he raises the whole level of your room you know if somebody's feeling sorry for themselves if somebody says i can't do one more rep if somebody says you know i feel like taking the easy way out you just point over to that kid and that's the end of that right. that's the end of that pity party for sure because you just haven't, I mean, the, the the very minimum, it's it's laughable that he goes through the the stuff that are, that everybody goes through, and and everybody has a bad day. I haven't really seen a bad day out of Doyle yet. So knock on wood, or I hope I'm not putting the, the expectations on him now, put pressure. But he just, I mean, he's just, it's just an unbelievable man. He's he's a he's a freaking hero. Yeah. Well, and the one thing that you won't bring up, but I will, is I, I know that you guys, you know, kept him on the scholarship that he earned and never thought about changing that. And, and I know what that meant to him and his family. So that's that's a testament to you, to Coach Branch, and to your university that you guys treat people the right way. So that's uh, it's an amazing yeah. story. You know, please tell Doyle that, uh, you know, myself and all the people involved with the Border Brawl wish him you know, nothing but success oh, yeah. and was a pleasure to have him in our in our event. 
So. Oh, thank you for sure. I mean, the wrestling world has not heard the last of Bill Trout. I can promise you that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are getting ready to go to uh, to uh, Reno, and um, I know you'll probably be in St. Louis. You know, maybe in the next week or so, so maybe we can catch up personally. But it really means a lot to me that you took the time to do this. And if I don't see you My before pleasure. Christmas, happy holidays to you and your family, Ethan. Yeah, Dave, I appreciate you um, inviting me on, and I, I enjoyed it. Thanks, brother. For sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Kyle, another episode of Matt Chat. Talk to you all next week. This show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.